Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery. My guest today is Rami Ashes. Uh, Rami is a Queens University alum with a Bachelor of Computing, Computer Science, and is currently working with the RBC Capital Markets Quantitative and Technology Services team. Rami and I met at his first co-op with RBC back in 2017 and had had the chance to partner on so many number of student events, talks, and coffee chats over the years. It's a great pleasure, Rami, to have you on the show. Thank you, Brian. The pleasure is mine. Um, and welcome to all the listeners. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm very fortunate to have Brian as uh, both my mentor and friend for the past couple of years. And I'm uh, really excited to be here today and uh, share my story with all of you. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, let's um, let's get started with a few, you know, rapid fire questions that I asked the guests to, to for them to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, what is your most used or favorite emoji? <laughs> so it's the uh, the curious emoji, <laughs> the one where uh, yeah, you have like your, your thumb under underneath your your lip with your index finger sticking out and your eyebrows kind of doing like uh, the Dwayne Johnson move. You're kind of like uh, very curious on uh, what's about to happen. <laughs> ah, that's the one. Okay, you are the. This is the first curious one um, emoji that I've heard, so that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> so, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, yeah, my, for uh, my, my friends and family listening, they're gonna find this really funny, but it would be fried chicken. Like I, I love the dirty bird. Um, any any type of fried chicken, <laughs> I really like. Fried chicken. All right. We'll have to have that at a barbecue this summer when we all get back together. Count me in. <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite way to spend a day off? Uh, I, I would probably say going on a really long walk. Uh, a lot of my friends complain that I walk a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just got new lens for my camera. I like taking photos and I'm a very big architecture geek. So I just like staring at buildings and uh, and skyscrapers and houses and whatnot, and uh, just admiring uh, the amount of detail that's gone into them. Uh, love that. Do you uh, hit the snooze button or wake up immediately? Uh, wake up immediately. I, if I have an alarm, then I have to be awake by that time. <laughs> no room for mistake. <laughs> Embrace the day, whatever it might be, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What if you could pick a word? What would you say is your favorite word? Uh, if I could pick a word, especially like that I've really grown fond of most recently, is the word derivative um, because it has multiple meanings. Um, like for example, the first and the big meaning is change, and I think change is really important, and uh, it's it's a it has helped better society and uh, and humanity as a whole. And uh, it's one of those frameworks that uh, I always look uh, into when I'm trying to uh, analyze anything that I'm doing in my life. Um, and another use case for that word, for example, um, is in calculus. Uh, and it has a lot of different applications and it helped uh, advance the, uh, the fields of economics, mathematics, and engineering. Um, I, I guess another use that uh, I, I uh, frequently encounter at work is uh, 
derivative is also a type of a financial instrument. And uh, no bias, but I, I do find them to be uh, the most interesting. So uh, yeah, I've, I've really grown fond of that word for the past uh, two or three years. Uh, I'll, I'll say that's my favorite one. That's your favorite. Insightful word, insightful word, my friend. I like that. Um, okay, so as we're talking about your journey um, and, and, and the um, overall journey you've made, you know, various transitions from high school to university uh, to university to work and, and everything in between, um, could you share a little bit more about yourself, your journey, and maybe some of the key points you've learned along the way that might be interesting for some of the students or, or listeners that are listening in today? Yeah, definitely. I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, if I could describe my overall journey in, in one word, I guess it would be different or uh, relatively different from the norm. Uh, so growing up, I've lived in about six to seven different countries, I guess, depending on uh, how long you consider living <laughs> in a country uh, to, to count. Um, but yeah, I've moved around quite a lot. And uh, I moved to Canada when I was 18 uh, to attend university as an international student. And uh, it was a very different, um, fun, yet challenging experience. Um, my first week in Canada, uh, like ever, was my frosh week or orientation week at Queen's. And I had lots of fun and I learned so much. Um, and uh, of course, I didn't only have to go through um, learning my subjects and ensuring that I'm uh, doing a good job at school and keeping up with friends, but I also had to learn a couple of other stuff that, uh, that I had to do when I, uh, when I moved to a new country or like anybody would do when they moved to a new country. Uh, so being an international student was definitely exciting. Um, and uh, I, I learned a lot by moving to a different country, to a new country and uh, uh, making a new uh, group of friends and rebuilding my network from scratch. Um, and in, in terms of transitions, I, I would say like, Transitioning from um, specifically, like even being an international student, you're still mostly focused on your studies and whatnot. But then the transition from being uh, a student to having a full-time job after graduating, I think that was um, that was a uh, very big challenge, and uh, uh, it was something that I learned a lot from. Um, mm -hmm. So. A little bit about, uh, I guess, my journey at Queen's is that I, I studied computer science. Um, so, uh, yeah, I really enjoy doing uh, <laughs> uh, lots of uh, mathy and, and techie stuff. And um, uh, over there, while studying computer science, uh, a lot of your friends and a lot of your co uh, colleagues are, um, you know, like doing summer jobs, for example. And uh, for me, it was a little bit tough because uh, for the most part, I had to go back home in the summer. Um, so I had to be selective of what I could and what I couldn't do. And uh, it was kind of like living in two worlds. Um, during my uh, third year of university, I started applying for 16-month uh, internships, uh, or uh, we call it a Queen's Quip, the Queen's University Internship Program. And uh, I, I landed one at RBC Capital Markets. I still remember uh, when, I, uh, when I showed up, uh, it was like a huge skyscraper in downtown Toronto. Uh, meanwhile, I've spent pretty much the majority of my time in Kingston, <laughs> Ontario. So it was a different experience. 
uh, yeah, I showed up and uh, I still remember my recruiter, Christy Chimicata, she was very, very friendly, very, very nice. She assured me that uh, the interview was going to be okay and uh, I had uh, my first, second and third round of interviews and uh, I, I got hired and uh, I was really fortunate to be at RBC for my co-op. Um, um, when, when I was at RBC, um, I was involved in a lot of different activities, including being a student partner uh, and later on being a campus ambassador. And uh, that's, I guess, where we met Brian to the student partner program. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was uh, really having fun. I uh, hosted a lot of 10,000 coffee um, um, uh, chats uh, over the platform uh, as a student partner. And uh, I was working uh, in a very interesting group called the Global Derivatives Regulatory Reporting. Um, this group was formed after 2008, uh, mostly as a safeguard for the uh, for any malicious activities that happens in the uh, in the uh, financial industry. So our our mandate and mission was to report all transactions that happen between RDC and our counterparties. Um, and again, this was specific to derivatives trades. Uh, my uh, my long history of uh, <laughs> of derivatives. Um, There's your derivatives yeah. right there. The beginning of derivatives. <laughs> uh, it was actually a <laughs> very funny story. My third and final interview for RBC. Uh, I still remember the the gentleman interviewed me. Uh, he, he asked me. Uh, he saw me wearing the suit, and the first question he asked me was. Uh, do you know what a derivative is? And I and I just looked him in the eye very confidently, and I said, "Yes, it's the rate of change." And he, he just laughed for a second and said, "You're you're a STEM major, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I am." He's like, "Don't worry, that's not the derivative I'm talking about, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get you up to speed." <laughs> that is great. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, another funny derivative story. Um, but yeah, I, I finished my uh, my co-op at uh, RBC, uh, and then I went back to school to Queens for my final year, where I was a, a campus ambassador for RBC. And uh, followed by that, then uh, that that became a very interesting transition from being a student to being um, kind of it's like a contributing nine to five member to society, where um, you had to figure out a lot of stuff. For example, um, you know, like how do I get my work permit? Um, how do I ensure that uh, I, I uh, you know, like I'm, I'm starting my full-time job on time? Like there's nothing um, wrong in, in in the time in between. Uh, like I'm even allowed to work <laughs> in this uh, in this time where I'm waiting to get my work permit. Um, you know, like how to do my taxes? I couldn't really ask my my family for help because uh, they've done taxes, just not the taxes that I do here. Um, and uh, all the different stuff like leasing uh, a student house in Kingston is very different from leasing a condo in Toronto. Uh, the process <clears> is significantly harder here. And uh, and yeah, and then I, I got I got uh, rehired uh, in the new grad program. Uh, I started off as a Scrum Master for a regulatory reporting program. Uh, Scrum Master is um, very similar to a project manager, but more of a servant leader that ensures the team is following the principles of Agile and the Scrum framework. Um, so it was really exciting. Um, I spent a year there, and uh, for the past year, I've rotated and now I'm on a different team. Uh, it's, uh, it's called the Quantitative Analytics Integration Group. I'm a software developer there. Uh, in a nutshell, what we do is uh, really, really fun, mathy, and uh, techy stuff. Uh, I really enjoy my team, and I think I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of, of our team. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that's pretty much my journey, how I ended up here and uh, what I've been doing for the past couple of years. Yeah, what a journey. And it's exciting to to reconnect and to talk and hear that journey. I remember pivotal moments within that journey that we saw each other in coffee chats or you writing a blog or helping us out or even helping with filming one of the orientations with Jack that time. Um, yeah. <laughs> You've been involved in a lot and, and, you know, can I ask you just um, curious on this one is how do you feel that those internship prepared you for where you are right now? I honestly don't think I would be half as prepared as I am right now. If it's without the, 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 the internships uh, that I've had specifically the like 16 month long one. Um, it, it provides so much value and so much opportunity. Uh, not only in terms of technical work, but actually meeting with people, working on different projects, seeing what kind of expectations are in the workplace. Uh, very, very pivotal for pretty much any any program in university nowadays. Yeah, I think it's important for people to hear that because um, that work integrated learning, that co-op, that placement, that summer job, it um, clearly it helped you and, and projected your future and gave you those skills, right? And those human skills as well to, to, to become a better you, right? Oh yeah, 100%. And it also, you know, allowed me and countless others of really exploring what do they enjoy doing? This is the, um, the like the ultimate test on to uh, trying a, a job or even like a career and, and uh, figuring out whether you will enjoy doing this in the long term or, or not. Yeah, it's a key point and a key insight, right? Is that whole explore um, facet of that. And um, that's what I tell students all the time. Like, just explore, just try things, just see what it's like. You're going to learn what you like, what you don't like. Um, and on that note, um, if you think back to the schooling side of things, and it doesn't necessarily have to be university, it could be high school, but do you feel there's something or is there something that you know now that you wish might have been taught in school? Yeah, definitely. And again, unintentionally tying this back to our last point, I think the main thing that I really benefited from um, is uh, learning how to communicate with clients or just in general communication skills. Now, I understand that there are lots of group projects and lots of, um, you know, like opportunities where you speak with class members, whether it's in high school or university. But, but really there isn't, like at the end of the day, most jobs are um, even like myself, I'm, I'm a software developer. Like I, I, most of my job is writing code, but on daily basis, I have to interact with uh, our business partners. And really I could say this applies for mo most of not all jobs because you're hired to do a job because somebody sees value in it and is willing to invest in, in the work that you do. And these people are called the business. Now, it's uh, it's critical for you to be able to uh, interact with the business and be able to figure out what exactly that you want and voice your concerns reasonably and being able to uh, explain yourself to them and, and, you know, saying what can be done and what can't be done. Uh, because that's how the workplace is shifting nowadays. We're all shifting into this agile um, uh, framework where uh, where um, constant interaction with clients or the business is key. 
because you don't want to be building something for one or two years and then going to your client, like if you're, I don't know, if you're building a car, for example, I'm going to step away from software development. If you're building a car and it takes you a year or so to build, and then you bring it out to the market and nobody wants to buy it. And that's because you haven't really involved people in the building process. You haven't taken in people every two weeks or one month and saying, okay, I've, I've adjusted this thing or I've added this thing or remove this thing, um, what do you think? Is this a good choice or is this a bad choice? Would you buy this car? And the same could be said about countless products. And um, that's, that's the one thing I think that's um, lacking in, in uh, or sorry, not lacking, but missing in a lot of the, uh, um, in a lot of like the schools or, or universities um, that uh, I've either gone to or heard of is that there's no, um, there's no class and there's no um, uh, course or project where you actually go out, interact with a client, see what they like, and you know have that back and forth with them. And being able to gather requirements, being able to develop something yourself, and delivering it all the way from end to end. Yeah, that's a great, great, insightful uh, thought there, and it's an interesting one, right? Because <clears throat> obviously, there's on-the-job training. There's things that you learn where lifetime learners, but I asked that question because we also have academic partners and other people that are hopefully tuning into these and and hearing from students directly on what might be added value to those curriculums or to those experiences. You know, um, getting maybe a bit more personal now and, and as we all have our challenges or uh, challenges or opportunities in life, um, could you share with, with me and maybe the audience a challenge that you faced and how how you overcame it or how you are overcoming it if, if it's a current yeah definitely i think it's something that has been going on for the past two, two years and i'm still kind of overcoming this challenge but it's the adjustment from being a student again to being a full-time worker and i say that because when i was a student um my uh schedule was uh, based on my lifestyle or my schedule was made to accommodate my lifestyle. If I wanted to play squash between 1 and 3 p.m., I was just uh, like on a Thursday and Tuesday, I was not going to take lectures on Tuesdays and Thursdays between 1 and 3 p.m. Uh, sure. And if, <laughs> exactly. And if I wanted to do no work on a Friday, I would have just stacked my entire schedule on like a Wednesday and just left Friday open. Um, it was also flexible to like wake up at different times, uh, meet up with friends in between classes, um, go home and cook lunch whenever. It doesn't matter if it's like 11 a.m. or if it's like 2 p.m. Um, but since I started work, I, I came to a realization that okay, now I have to adjust my lifestyle or base my lifestyle around my working hours is that I've signed this contract and I've committed that from nine to five, I'm going to have my uh, almost full and uh, uncompletely divided attention to my job. And um, this is something that I've committed to. Uh, therefore, I, I need to ensure that uh, if I want to play squash, for example, I have to do it after work. If I want to meet up with friends, it has to be after work. Every day I have to wake up at a certain time so I can get ready, so I can shower, so I can brush my teeth and go to work. Uh, lunch, for example, is a big one. Um, I, when I first started work, 
uh, I wasn't eating healthy because I couldn't find time to go home and cook. I didn't meal prep, so I would uh, just go to the path and uh, hello there, <laughs> McDonald's. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spent a lot of money there. Um, and uh, again, like McDonald's is fine every once in a while, uh, but uh, having it constantly and just having fast food every single day, of course, that's not the kind of healthy food that. Uh, you know, anybody should be eating on a daily basis. Um, so again, that's that's a challenge that I'm currently going through. Um, yeah. And I've, I've done, I guess, much better at uh, since I first started joining work. So I'm, I'm you know, like meal prepping now. I'm uh, trying my best to um, have some time after work to, um, to meet up with my friends. I'm trying to like conserve my energy. Um, you know, I, I ensure that I stick to a workout schedule, um, all this, all these sort of stuff that now has to uh, be done outside of the nine to five uh, framework. Well, it's, thank you for sharing. It's a great, great thing to share because, um, you know, someone who's making that transition now and, and, and also transitioning to that, you don't, you know, during a pandemic where many folks are, are are trying to figure out the balance between that i even call it work-life integration because it you know sometimes it's called work-life balance but i think it's more work-life integration and and how do you how do you allow time for yourself too during the day or you know as you look at your activities that keep you healthy and um so you've had that on top of that experience but that time management skill and and that that balance. Um, thank you for sharing that because I think it's a really good lesson for for people as they come out of school. Which um, to your point, you had a lot of flex in what you wanted to schedule and how to do it. So that's a really good good insight. Um, one other thing I, I wanted to chat about is, uh, and clearly priorities change over time. But I recently read a quote and I built it into this podcast. At least for now, I might change some of these questions up later, but yesterday's dreams aren't always today's realities. And so how have you maybe changed your priorities? And I guess you alluded a bit to that now, but maybe there's other priorities that you've changed over time and why. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a really good question. And um, I guess my answer would be like back when, um, I guess when I was a student or even when I first started work, my um, my priorities were okay. Now that uh, I moved to a new city, I, I would like to meet new people. I'd like to go to all these different restaurants and different bars and uh, uh, all these, uh, like, uh, uh, all these, um, uh, <laughs> I guess, points of interest that I've, uh, yeah. I've been wanting yeah. to visit. Um, um, as well as uh, you know, just going to work and being a new grad is is different because while you do have responsibilities, you also have priorities of uh, uh, you want to meet the new grads. You want uh, like we had like a New York trip, for example. Um, you know, all, all these sort of stuff were built into my priorities list. And uh, what am I gonna um, you know like where to work tomorrow, or uh, what am I gonna be eating for lunch the day after? Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's that sort of fried chicken, um, maybe. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah, however, <Sorry. laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah, um, 
nowadays I think my priorities and uh, a lot of my friends are shifting more towards uh, okay like how now that we've been working and out of school for a couple of years how do we invest all the money that we've uh, that we gain like what's what's the best way to invest our money how can I structure a trading portfolio um, should I just put my money onto like a wealth simple uh, trading account and uh, uh, you know just let the ETFs do their magic um, another thing, of course, is uh, just like responsibilities. So um, I guess like doing our taxes, uh, ensuring that the house is clean, ensuring that we're you know, prepping and eating healthy. Um, but uh, of course, once you also come to work nine to five, uh, it's natural that you're, um, uh, like your time is limited. So you're also prioritizing not hanging out with all of your friends at once, but uh, yeah. kind of focusing on I need to give this person some time, like they are my friend. I, I need to be able to make time for them. It's not as easy to hang out anymore during class or after class. I, I need to put in some effort into it. Um, and yeah. I guess, yeah, and like a really big priority that changed as well as like family. Um, so I'm the eldest out of uh, uh, four siblings and um, it like back then when I was a student, I guess it was fine. Like I was just doing my thing, but now I, I have to put some time into speaking with my um, like little brothers and my little sister, ensuring that they have all the help and support that they need, ensuring that I'm there to mentor them, that they have like an open space which they can come to if they needed to speak. Mm -hmm. And like big example is my uh, my little sister. She's studying computer engineering right now, and uh, it's uh, very very similar to what I did in university. So I always try to make time and uh, make sure that, you know, she has any questions, if she needs any career advice or academic advice, she uh, she has someone that she could ask. That's great. Yeah, the that's nice of you, the big brother and, uh, and looking out for them. That's, I was the oldest too. So I don't know if you ask my sister, I don't know if I was always the supportive one, but we had a lot of sibling rivalry, but that's okay. We, we get along. <laughs> Uh, just different that we get along, but uh, that's nice of you. That's awesome. I, I I think that's that's a great shift and that's a great priority to have. Um, thinking about values and and what describes I you know right now, the shift is from you know from sort of credentials and GPA more towards values and skills. And when you think about values and skills for you, you know what what would you say are your values or what best describes your values and the skills that you've learned. Yeah, definitely. And uh, again, thank, thank you for bringing up this point. Um, I would say a really big one, and I, I just had my mid-year uh, like goal setting slash performance review session with my manager. Um, a big one is uh, the willingness to help. Um, some people, and I, I would say, I, I tend to say that I'm more swaying towards that category or yeah. Uh, willing to help and are always willing to help. And I, I think that's that's great. Um, that's one personality that, uh, like personality trait that has, uh, um, you know, pushed my, like pushed me a long way, uh, whether it's in my career, my academics, or, you know, just uh, every day on the street if somebody's asking where the subway is. Um, just helping out others and lending a hand, it's, it's a really, really good feeling. And especially when, you know, and the other person know that you're helping out each other for nothing in return. You're just helping out each other because you're human beings and you should be nice to each other. Um, 
that uh, that that really brings out all the um, uh, all the good values that uh, that uh, one has come to learn over the many years, and uh, it, people do appreciate it. And uh, you know, when you do good things, good things happen happen back to you. And um, I guess the other trait is uh, being humble. So um, that's one thing that uh, came to realize again, like uh, over the past couple of years, is that. Um, everyone has different goals in life. Everybody has a different measure of success. Everybody's interested in doing different things. And um, being humble is very important because, you know, like one thing that um, you're aspiring to do and that you're great at might not be what another person uh, would be looking to achieve or do or even think about. And even if they were, it's very different going into there and trying to, again, give them a helping hand and letting them know that you're there for them and that you're going to help them get there, perhaps even be better is very different than um, being there and, and bragging and, and talking about it all the time. Uh, so being humble is very important and all the different uh, mentors that I currently have and all the senior leadership at, uh, you know, like RBC or different companies that I aspire to and look to, they're all incredibly humble people. And um, when I, uh, whenever I meet up with them for one-on-one -on -one coffee chats, uh, they're very, very uh, uh, friendly. They're very, very accommodating and they ensure they speak to me uh, from a place of, uh, of advice and respect, and um, they're never intimidating. And uh, that's one thing that uh, I believe makes a person a true leader. Yeah, those are some great, great qualities and great values. And um, as you were describing that yourself, like 100%, that's, that's exactly how I would describe you. And, um, you know, being humble and, and being a helping person and respectful and human and all those things that really make the difference um, in in what you do and, and how you do it and also the people you, you meet along the way. So thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, we're getting close to the end of the show, but I always like to think about the audience and think about students maybe going away this fall for their first term and probably virtually or maybe hybrid or who knows where we'll be, but um, and also students who are making that transition to full time as you articulate about the time management and the personal time and and things that have have changed for you there. Um, is there any like advice or or thoughts you want to leave today's listeners with? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess the main piece of advice that I would like to give the listeners today and uh, specifically given that we're <laughs> we're at COVID is. Um, it, if you need help, please ask for help, like whether it comes to anything, if it comes to, you know, like academics work, or if you just need really help with anything. Um, there are a lot of people out there who are willing to lend a helping hand and right now it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to uh, get access to resources that are usually incredibly accessible. Uh, right now, they're, they might not be accessible at all. And uh, even if you're like onboarding into a summer co-op or if you're going back to school, uh, like we, uh, you know, just went through the experience of onboarding um, uh, two co-ops, one from my previous team and then one from my current team uh, virtually. Uh, it's, it's definitely hard and, uh, you know, like if, if, you, if they needed help, they would voice their concern right away. And that way they had a much, uh, much more um, um, uh, easier experience onboarding and ensuring that they're doing the, the work that they're interested in. 
so yeah, my, my piece of advice would be just make sure that you're asking, you know, like if you need help, you ask for it. If you have yeah. something that needs clarification, go for it. Um, people are like for the majority, um, you know, um, people are always happy to help out. I think that's great advice. And I think it's, you know, knowing it's okay to ask for help and, and knowing that there are people and, you know, even if I didn't know what you were looking for, I might know someone else that does know what you might be needing or looking for. So that's the beauty of the network and the beauty of the relationships um, that you'll build along the way. But well, that that's all the time we have today. <clears throat> I really do want to thank you, Rami. It's it's so great to catch up. I wish we were in person. We will be someday. Um, but I really want to thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you very much for having me today, Brian, and uh, thank you all for uh, uh, tuning in today. Perfect. So for the listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network and please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery, and until next time, stay well.